Open your Bible to Psalm 23, please. Um, I was asked tonight, are you still teaching Joshua? And, uh, and uh, that wouldn't be a bad idea, but we're going to do some work in Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not be in want. He makes me lie down in green pastures, he leads me Beside quiet waters, he restores my soul. He guides me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Let's bow for prayer. Father, um, we come tonight to this very, very familiar passage of Scripture. And I pray that you will open our minds and hearts to the precious truth that is here so that we can bask in the beauty of the words, but more than that, in the beauty of the Savior who leads us. Thank you that you have promised to be the shepherd to anyone who trusts in, in you as their personal Savior. And I would pray that tonight we may recognize afresh the beauty of your presence in our lives. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. This is the psalm of the shepherd, and we must never let that slip from our minds. It is the psalm of the shepherd. We can see all the details of the psalm, and it's possible to miss the shepherd. The very first word in the Hebrew is Jehovah. The Lord is what it says in English, but Jehovah. That was an awesome word to the Jewish people. Uh, in their public reading of the scriptures, they substituted the name, the title Adonai, rather than to read the word Jehovah, because uh, it is such a sacred word. They were afraid that they might blaspheme the name of the Lord. And if you would look at Leviticus chapter 24 and verse 16, you read, And he that blasphemeth the name of the Lord, he shall surely be put to death, and all the congregation shall certainly stone him. And so uh, they were very fearful of blaspheming the name of the Lord. And, and, and so the, the name was not uttered. And even today, uh, an Orthodox Jew will not write out the name Jehovah. They will use perhaps the J and, and nothing more. Uh, they are fearful of the name of the Lord. The high priest uttered the name Jehovah only once each year, and that was on the Day of Atonement. When the scriptures were copied by those who were charged with copying the scriptures, when they came to the title Jehovah, they got a brand new quill 
and wrote the letters and then destroyed the quill because they were so afraid of, of making light or blaspheming the name of Jehovah. You remember that it was in Exodus chapter 3 and verse 14 when Moses said, Whom shall I say sent me? You have the first utterance of that word, I am that I am, or the ever-existent one, the self-existent holy one. In the present tense, he sees all, he knows all, he controls all. When you go to the Gospel of John, the title, I am, occurs 41 times. The I am the good shepherd, I am the door, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and so on. Forty-one times the phrase, I am, and every time it is a reference to the Lord Jesus Christ himself. He sees your past, and if you've trusted him, he's forgiven it. And he sees your presence, and he guides it. And he sees your future, and he keeps it because he is my shepherd. And I talked about that the last time. The Lord is your shepherd. And, and that's a great and wonderful truth that we can hang on to. The shepherd is the guide and the savior and the provider and the protector and the keeper. David felt that God related to him as he, as a shepherd, related to the sheep. And that's how we get the psalm. David was a shepherd boy. And he believed that God related to him in the same way that he was the shepherd of the sheep. There are two words that are given to us in John chapter 10 and verse 27. My sheep listen to my voice. That means they have an ear that is open to what God is saying. And then they follow me. And that has to do with the feet. The ear listens to the voice and the foot follows what the voice has directed. There are three perspectives in this psalm. Uh, there is Jehovah and my relationship to him, verse 1 and verse 6. There is an impersonal look at what the shepherd does and it is he, 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 or you, depending on which translation you are reading. And then there is a personal walk with God as a companion. And you notice, as I read, it was you do this, you do this, you do this, uh, the personal walk with God. In verse 3, you have an interesting phrase, he guides me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. That's a very important statement. He does this for his name's sake. The name of the Lord 
became extremely important in the scriptures. In Exodus chapter 3, verse 14 and 15, he said, This is my name forever. In Exodus chapter 6 and verse 23, uh, verse 3, rather, he said, And I appeared unto Abraham, unto Isaac, and unto Jacob by the name of God Almighty, but by my name Jehovah was I not known to them. That's what he said to Moses. In Exodus 9, verse 16, he said, I raised thee up for to show thee my power, that my name may be declared through all the earth. When you come to Exodus chapter 15 and verse 3, you have Miriam leading the choir, and they were singing, The Lord is his name. The Lord is his name. In Exodus chapter 20 and verse 7, You shall not take the name of the Lord in vain. In Exodus chapter 20 and verse 4, An altar of earth shalt thou make unto me, and shalt sacrifice thereon burnt offerings and peace offerings, and the sheep and thine oxen in all places where I record my name, and I will come unto thee, and I will bless thee. In Joshua chapter 1 and verse 10, Joshua said, what will you do for your great name if you abandon these people? And they had drilled into them that the name of the Lord was of great importance. And when you come to the New Testament, Acts 4.12 tells us we are saved by that name. And in, Exodus cha in Acts chapter 2 and verse 38, we are told that we are to be baptized in that name. And in Colossians chapter 3 and verse 17, we're to do everything in that name, in the name of Jesus. He is the king. He is the lawgiver. He is the judge. He is the rock. He is the fortress. He is the tower. He is the deliverer. He is the husband. He is the husbandman. He is the father. And you see, these names indicate what the shepherd does and evidence his character. He will not change his attitude to me because of his great name. When I'm a bad sheep, he restores me. That's what the psalm says. And he leads me, even if I'm a bad sheep, and he searches for me until he finds me again. I may be a bad sheep, but he's still the good shepherd. And the good shepherd gave his life for the sheep. And he will maintain that name in spite of the sheep. Proverbs chapter 18 verse 10 says, The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and are safe. I mentioned to you la the last time I spoke that the first word in the, in the Hebrew is Jehovah, and the last word of the psalm is Jehovah forever. And that's a significant statement. And in between, the sheep has the omnipresence, 
and the omniprovision, omni meaning total, omnipresence and omniprovision of the Lord. And therefore, I shall not want. Since he is the owner of everything, and since he created us and is over us, I shall not want. And that brings us to the very second phrase of the psalm. Coverdale translates that this way. The Lord, therefore, I can lack nothing. The literal translation is, I cannot lack. Young translates it, I do not lack. The Living Bible translated, I have everything I need. Now, do we, know, do we understand that? You see, when we really understand who Jehovah is and all that that name implies, then we understand we belong to him and we are tied to his resources. And he owns everything there is. You know, the Lord owns the cattle on a thousand hills, the wealth in every mine. And then you remember the song we used to sing about that. And then we have the New Testament promise. My God will supply all your need according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. And you have Paul's assertion in Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Let me give you a few verses, and I'm reading these out of the King James Bible. For all the earth is mine. That's a statement about God. Exodus 19.5. Psalm 50, verse 1. I know all the fowls of the mountains and the wild beasts of the field are mine. Isaiah 66, verse 2. For all those things hath my hand made. And all those things have been, said the Lord. Ezekiel 18, verse 4, Behold, all souls are mine. In John 16, verse 15, All things that the Father hath are mine. And therefore I said, He shall take of mine and shall show it unto you. So, when we understand that God owns everything that there is, then he can supply all my need, and therefore I shall not want. That's what the text is saying to us. I'm slipping here. You cannot lack. Now, sometimes we get to saying, but I do lack. I don't have enough money for this or that, or I have sickness. And we realize that even in sickness, God has a purpose. And we accept it. And sometimes we face tragedy in our lives. And sometimes the reason for that is so that our testimony will be observed by others and they will understand that he really is the shepherd who cares for his sheep.
He would not lead me into difficult circumstances and then abandon me. It's rather interesting that the shepherd takes his name from the sheep. Literally, shepherd means sheep herder. So he takes his name here from the sheep. It's interesting also that in the first mention of the word shepherd was a scornful word, and you have it in Genesis uh, chapter 46. And uh, Joseph was saying to his brothers, and I'm reading at verse 33, when Pharaoh calls you in and asks, what is your occupation? You should answer, your servants have tended livestock from boyhood on, just as our fathers did. Then you will be allowed to settle in the region of Goshen, for all shepherds are detestable to the Egyptians. That's the first time we have the word shepherd. So he said, uh, tell him you keep livestock, and that will be more acceptable. Now it's also rather interesting to me that Jacob first applied the title shepherd to God in Genesis chapter 49, verse 24, where he said his bow remained steady, his strong arm stayed limber because of the hand of the mighty one of Jacob, because of the shepherd, the rock of Israel. And there Jacob gave us the title of the shepherd, the protector, and the provider for the flock. Now, the shepherd knew everything about the sheep. He is the eyes of the sheep and the ears of the sheep, because the sheep are somewhat dumb, and they don't see danger. And so the shepherd has to be the eyes to watch for the danger, and the ears as he listens to the danger. And any attack on the sheep had to take into account the shepherd. The shepherd's heart of love, the shepherd's faithfulness where he would never leave or abandon his sheep, the shepherd's strength who had power to deliver. You remember how David told how he had killed a bear and so on. And the shepherd's tenderness as he carries the young and gently ministers to the wounded. I shall not lack. That is the key to this psalm. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want or I shall not lack. That's the key. It has two different meanings. One is... I will not be deficient. And the other is, I will be utterly contented in the care of the shepherd or content in the will of the shepherd. You remember Paul said, I have learned in whatever state I am therewith to be content. That's the mark of a mature Christian. I could go off on a rabbit trail there, but I won't. Paul went on in that um, passage to say, I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. 
I have learned the secret of being content in every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or want. Now, as you look at the history of the nation of Israel, and I'm referring to Deuteronomy chapter 2, verses 7, you find that the Lord does provide. You read there, The Lord your God has blessed you in all the work of your hands. He has watched over your journey through the vast wilderness. These 40 years the Lord your God has been with you, and you have not lacked anything. Rather interesting statement. And then in verse eight, in chapter 8, Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 9, you read, It was a land where bread will not be scarce, and you will lack nothing. A land where the rocks are iron, and you can dig copper out of the hills. Now, the statement, I shall not want, can be developed in many ways. There was a certain lady by the name of Mrs. Mott who put it this way, I shall not want for rest, he maketh me to lie down in green pastures. I shall not want for drink, he leadeth me beside the still waters. I shall not want for forgiveness, he restoreth my soul. I shall not want for guidance, he leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. I shall not want for companionship. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. And I shall not want for comfort, because thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. And I shall not want for food, for thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. And I shall not want for joy, because you anoint my head with oil. I shall not want anything because my cup runs over. I shall not want anything in this life. Goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I shall not want anything in eternity. For I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I thought that was a beautiful, beautiful statement about I shall not want. And then there's another interesting writer by the name of J.I. Tucker, and he put it another way. He said, you shall not want rest. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. You shall not want drink. If any man, come to, if any man thirst, let him come to me and drink. Thou shalt not want forgiveness. The Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. Thou shalt not want for guidance. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Thou shalt not want companionship. Lo, I am with you always. Thou shalt not want for comfort. The Father, when I leave, shall give you another comforter. Thou shalt not want food. I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger. Thou shalt not want joy, that my joy might remain in you and your joy might be full. You shall not want anything, for whatsoever you shall ask of the Father in my name, he will give it you. Thou shalt not want anything in this life, 
But seek you first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. And I shall not want anything in eternity, because I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. There is so much riches in this statement. I shall not want if we just lay hold of it, grasp it, and make it part of us. What does the shepherd do? Well, as you just walk through the psalm, he makes me to lie down. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness. He stays by me in the valley. He comforts me with rod and staff. He prepares a table before me. He anoints my head with oil. He causes my cup to overflow. He follows me with goodness and mercy. And he prepares an eternal dwelling with him where I can be forever with him. See, there is so much riches in what the shepherd does for us, the sheep. As we move through these weeks of looking at the 23rd Psalm, I hope you will get a fresh understanding of what it means that he prepares a table before me, what it means that his rod and staff comfort, what it means he anoints my head with oil, what it means when it says my cup overflows, because there is meaning, deep meaning in each of those. But the sheep must keep his eye upon the shepherd, because that's the only place of safety. If worrying is to be done, it is done by the shepherd, not the sheep. You remember that Abraham, when he was asked the question by Isaac, where's the lamb? He said, the Lord will provide the lamb for the offering. And I think Abraham understood fully what was going to happen because he knew that it was in Isaac that his seed was going to be developed. And he knew that Isaac was safe. And he said, the Lord is going to provide the lamb. Do we have that much confidence in the Lord? There was a pastor in California, his name was Van Gilder, uh, and he wrote this, There may come a time when you will be sitting under the shade tree of blessings and the winds of adversity will rage in your sky and rip that tree up by its roots. Or there may come a time when you will be grazing in the pastures of plenty And the sun of trouble will arise and burn to the roots the grass on which you've been feeding. And at a time like that, you need a shepherd. For the sheep's eyes are too filled with tears and its heart too filled with fear to find the way itself. You will need a shepherd to take you to new pastures and to find for you new shade trees under which you can rest. 
In this case, the gift without the giver is not only worthless, it is impossible. Because he is the shepherd I shall not want. And our great God makes provisions for our needs. My time's gone. I have to stop right there. I had a pastor friend one time, and uh, he was asked to preach at a certain church, and they told him, you only have so many minutes. He said, well, my sermons are like baloney. You just cut them off wherever you need to. (laughs) I've never been that way. I've always had a beginning and an end. But uh, I, I find myself wanting to say so much about the psalm, I'm not getting to the end. We'll pick it up next week. Let's pray. Father, first, give us a real understanding of who Jehovah God is, the God we worship, that he is able to supply all of our needs far more than we can ask or think. He's able to do that. And help us, Lord, to recognize that because of his bountiful provision, we shall not want. And when we are wanting and complaining, there's something wrong in us, not in you. Lord, give us confidence in the supply of the shepherd. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.